When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to another Real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez. Had a little Chicago Bulls theme song going there. Always good times. Uh, but, man, it's uh, it's officially the offseason now. We finally get into, uh, you know, some Bucks stuff. Really figure out, you know, where this team is going to be going, how the direction of, you know, what they want to take as far as player personnel and, and Bruce Arians and his effect. And, really get to see, uh, you know, the shape of this roster, and that's going to come within the next couple of months here as we get going. But, Mark, how are we doing tonight? I know you're excited. Uh, that Super Bowl was, eh, it was okay. But uh, how, are you, how are you feeling tonight? I'm not feeling too bad, but just a little bit of a upset stomach from eating way too much damn pizza and wings mm-hmm. yesterday for the game, which all wasn't that damn exciting to begin with. 3 nothing at halftime. The halftime show wasn't even that great. Yeah. Room five isn't the best live. True. Um, just not. I think the only the coolest thing to me in the damn halftime show was what the the drones spelling out one love. <laughs> the show itself wasn't that great to me. I I don't know how. What do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to it. I think I went to the bathroom a couple times during it. And I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't the greatest. Um, and then they bring out. Um, they did. Uh, outcast song and they didn't even have mr 3000 in it. and i'm like what is this well that's just a big boy yeah part of it yeah. I love the way. yeah i'm not gonna do it i'm terrible <laughs> i hate my own voice so i'm not gonna hurt y'all with mine but well, yeah i mean overall thoughts from the game i mean it was a lot of missed opportunities from the rams i mean they missed uh two one was wide open it should have been a touchdown and then the guy dropped the ball that could have been another touchdown so yeah just both of, cooks yeah both of them yeah. i mean your golf missed him wide the hell open yeah he had all day to throw mm-hmm. and the guy from the opposite side of the field had enough time to come over and knock it out of his hands yeah. he still probably should have caught it but if that's on time he doesn't have to worry about that mm-hmm. and then yeah the other one that he literally dropped it that would have tied the game 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were some missed opportunities on both sides of all. I mean, Brady, you know, interception, and then they had the uh, fourth and one stop, uh, missed field goal. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, points left on the board, but it just shows you how good Belichick and his staff are at strategy. And they just, I think you said it last night, they just do the same things over, but they do it, you know, very well and consistent. And that's what leads them to, to wins. Yeah. And that's the thing where, I don't know who put it on Twitter, but they were saying like, "Oh, they're just the best at hitting mismatches." Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't have anything that crazy. The only person that's crazy is Gronk. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's Brady just hitting his checkdowns, quick decision making, being comfortable with the ball, being safe with the ball, and they get a good running game. Yeah. And they were saying even last night they just brought it more to old school football, play good defense and run the ball. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Everyone's acting like you got to bring reinvent the wheel. No. They've won that many damn championships in that span doing the same crap. Mm-hmm. They had a Wes Welker, then they put in Amendola, they put in Edelman, they they have the same little slot guy and they have Gronk who's the only real main powerhouse. And they interchange their the offensive linemen and run run the ball well yeah. to help Brady. It's that simple. They're not reinventing anything. It's not like it's mad genius types. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, defensively, they did a, they did a much better job rushing the quarterback. Uh, they got in golf's face, uh, disrupted a lot of their timing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they just kept it going as far as pass rush goes, mixing it up with uh, different fronts and, and stuff like that. Uh, mixing up between man and zone, which was which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they don't do anything special. It's really just basic concepts, and you find you know whoever's the best target to go to, you know, offensively or defensively, and they attack it very well, and they do it consistently. Well, defensively, they they just had a lot of depth. I mean, the D line, Danny Shelton's big ass. Mm-hmm. You have Malcolm Brown's big ass, and they have Trey Flowers and. Um, who's other end? Wise, Dietrich Wise. Yeah. On the outside, those lengthy ass. They that fits what they want. Mm-hmm. Lengthy, long, athletic players, and they get them later in the draft. They don't get them first round every every year. Yeah. They fit a prototype of what they want as a player, and they fit them into their scheme. Yeah, I mean they, and then you go to the linebackers and Dante Hightower, uh, Kyle Van Noy. You know, yeah. all all these guys that are. Um, they just have certain traits, but they know how to use those traits into the best possible way of having success. And they find that and they just keep going, you know, and it's a rotation that they have. And that's something that's, you know, the Bucks are, I think, trying to build, you know, that's what they're trying to get there. But it's just about having certain guys that can do multiple things and then find the best way to attack. And that's, that's what they do. Yeah. And then the rich get richer because everyone wants to be on their team mm-hmm. and they'll take pay cuts to be on that team because you got Brady. It's not just because of Brady's so damn good. It's just the whole system itself of that organization is doing so well. And people want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. So guys like a keep to leave Revis, like guys will want to join them and they'll pay, take a little less just to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but then you can't want to come to the bucks. I know why I want 16 million. <laughs> why? Because we've sucked for so long. And if I'm going to have to go there, I want, to be, get paid, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the shoe that fits for us right now. And guess what? Until we start winning and changing the habits and changing the the view people have on this team, it's always going to be like that. Yeah. So it's not that difficult to just emulate what they do. Mm-hmm. Just stop trying to do better in what they're doing. Do what they're doing and just beat them at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams had a good defense, obviously based on the three nothing score, but golf was engulfed by the <laughs> by the stage or yeah. 
He looked clueless at times, well, like looking up at the scoreboard, like what? What? Yeah, you know, the Rams just ran out of gas on defense. I mean, they're on the field pretty much the whole first half. They had the Rams offense punted the ball eight straight times. I mean, you, you just can't do that. And you know, it showed defensively in the second half. Patriots started getting momentum because Rams just they didn't have any energy left. I mean. You know, Aaron Donald can only do so much. Dante Fowler yeah. can only do so much. And, you know, and then their corners are probably tired because they're, you know, Marcus Peters is covering Edelman, and then he has to go to um, their other receivers that are quick and like Dorsett and all those guys. Uh, Patterson. So. Oh, uh, we're talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, Edelman's, yeah, the reason why he was MVP, he was just doing the same stuff in the middle of the field. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh, mm-hmm. It. It just angers me. Yeah, but I give. I wrote. I sent out a tweet last night. You got to give Tom Brady his respect. Either way, he's won six damn Super Bowls. No yeah. one's ever done that. Yeah. He's already cemented himself as the best quarterback. If he didn't have it before, now he sure as hell has it. Mm-hmm. Just proof is in the pudding. He's been there nine times. He's won it six damn times. They put up the thing, um, an image on the TV. Steelers have have only been there six times, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, the amount of times they've been there, he's been there alone himself more than organizations have been there in the whole exo- entire existence as being NFL franchises. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's not just Brady; it's Belt Brady with Belichick and their well, whole sad. thing. It's but, a whole organization, yeah. but you know they just run it so well. But Brady and Belichick definitely at the top of it, and then you have, I mean. Like like you said, I mean, six out of nine times, that's Jesus. that's incredible. Um, probably won't see that ever happen again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible, their structure and how they operate. Um, Brady is just so good. And, and people call him system quarterback and all this. I'm like, nah. Yeah, I saw that, too. I was like, nah. I mean, the guy is really talented. Um, you know, the things that he's able to do and able to process so quickly – um, arm accuracy, yeah, sure, he doesn't have the strongest arm, you know, and that's not always the most important. You can, yeah. you know, you can look at like Aaron Rodgers and look at Jeff George with his cannon arm. He yeah, didn't really make it. Yeah, I mean, what he does is he just outthinks everything. Uh, that's why he's so hard to sack. I think he was only sacked once this entire postseason. Um, that's yeah. that's crazy. So, um, and that was probably the, that was probably the best play of the game for the Rams is when Donald just, you know, slugged uh, Brady down to the ground. That was pretty much, that was their play highlight play of the game. But that wasn't even the sack, was it? No, that wasn't the sack. He got rid of it and this Donald got pissed and threw him down. Oh, okay. Remember 94 or 95? Guys? That's right. That's right. Yeah. They combined on a sack, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just shows you how good he is. I mean, he gets rid of the ball and instant, instant uh, quickness. Yeah, he's beating you with his head, not with his arm. Right. And then to those who say he doesn't have an arm, I mean, he was throwing the ball deep to Randy Moss mm-hmm. multiple times, and Randy was just running under the ball. Yeah. So he has the arm talent. Mm-hmm. He has everything you needed. Yeah. It's it's located between the ears where he beats everyone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, get mad that he's only throwing five-yard passes. Get mad at your own organization that you're not doing the same exact damn thing. Right. Like I said, it's not that hard. Just look at what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, mismatch. The running back's going to be able to beat the linebacker. Oh, mismatch. Uh, I got my slot guy who I know is shifty. On one on one with a corner, mm-hmm. yeah, they're gonna attack it yeah. nonstop until you do something to fix it. Yeah, and then you see later in the game they go downfield to Gronk, yeah, and that's a perfect pass right right over the top, and you know that was that was a game winning score right there. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's 
it's funny to watch them, you know, just consistently do these things over and over year after year. And nobody really seems to pick that up. It's uh, maybe a little bit by the Eagles and their run. They had a little bit of that, you know, to start with the one, two reads, but it's just, you know, it's the same thing, but they do it so well. It's execution and they just understand the process. And when you have a guy at the quarterback position that understands that, and then their coaching staff, everyone has been there so long. I mean, the continuity, I think, is what separates them apart. Yeah, it's the continuity and then just the fact that they're always so balanced. I mean, Tom Brady threw the ball 35 times, but they ran the ball 32 times. Like, that's pure balance. Like, everyone thinks, oh, that's a passing league. you got to pass the ball to win the game. Yeah, well, guess what? They just won the Super Bowl, and they're damn near the same. So, necessarily, yeah, you, you, we look good passing, but we sucked running. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We have no balance. All the Patriots do is try and make sure to keep a balance because guess what? There's going to be a day where your running game dominates and you can keep feeding them because you have that balance. And then guess what? That opens up the pass. We can't be one-dimensional. It's that simple. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's something that you know Bruce Arians and the Bucks definitely want to uh, get back to. We have to be balanced this year coming up, and I think you know that's where – um, you know, definitely an improvement is going to be made. I think offensive line and running back, we've talked about it. You know, Jameis getting more play action attempts. I think that is something that has to be done. And you look at Tom Brady, he gets a lot of play action, you know, opportunities with his, his dropbacks and then also being in the shotgun a lot. But they, you know, they run it, you know, different ways. You know, they run it with multiple backs. And that's something that I think the Bucks want to, you know, incorporate and have guys that are versatile, catch the football in the backfield run the football as well, be balanced. Yeah, all those things, that that helps you not only take over the game, it helps you control the game in a way, but it it allows you to always be in it, and that's something that the Bucks want to have. And then it allows you to, you know, when you have the right t- opportunities, you can take over and really control it. You can, you can control the game and go for the win. Yeah, and give people a fear of, oh, they can run the ball. Mm-hmm. No one thought we could run the ball, right? Yeah. So... That's one of it. And then also you have a quarterback in Winston that can run. Yeah. I mean, he's not Mike Vick, but he's damn elusive. Mm. So use everything you got. I mean, Tom Brady's not a runner. Yeah. <laughs> just be honest. But they just use the backs that they have properly. Yeah, or they do end not- around. So they just do fun, cool stuff that they're always keeping it. Defense is honest. Yeah. And it's not like they're averaging, you know, five yards of carry every time. You know, it's just about that. Being effective and having that commitment to the run as well is very important. And making sure, like Mark said, the defense has to be honest in what they're doing as far as coverage and, and scheme-wise. So you're keeping them off bay, and that's that's critical, um, you know, going forward. Yeah, well, Super Bowl champs, New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, again. you got to respect them. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we can get the Bucks. The Bucks can get back on that kind of level and start competing for not only playoff opportunities but Super Bowls as well. And I think that's definitely a goal as we go forward. But before we get into the Bucks, we want to talk a little bit, you know, free agency and stuff like that. And we'll get to that, but let's just hit on the um, the Hall of Fame. And we're, there's some good conversation about Rondé Barber and uh, John Lynch not getting in once again. So just wanted to touch that on that again, and even Simeon Rice not not uh, making it as well. Yeah, pretty much the big thing was Ronnie didn't get in, but Ty Law did. Mm-hmm. Ty Law, let's look at the stats. Let's look at it from a pure what 
the Hall of Fame is supposed to be. You get in because you're that damn good of a player. Your numbers just outdid everyone else in that span that you played the game. Ty Law's numbers compared to Rondé. Ty Law had 838 tackles. Rondé had 1,231. Jeez. Destroyed him, right? Interception. Okay, Ty Law had more. He had 53 interceptions. Rondé had 47. Now, this is the huge number. Rondé had 28 sacks. Wow. Ty Law has five. Let's put this also. Rondé is the only guy that is part of the 40 interceptions, 25-plus sacks group. That's crazy. So if you're an only position, you're the only player in this group, how the hell are you not in something like that? Like, the only. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense to me. I mean, he's – and people forget, like, this guy played three positions. I mean, he was outside corner uh, on first and second down. People forget that just because on third down he moved into nickel doesn't make the fact that he's still not a good corner. I mean, the guy was outstanding as far as what he brought to the table. And then later in his career, he also played free safety. So, I mean, talk about versatility, uh, ultimate professional team player, uh, did everything, played with a broken hand, I think, during mm-hmm. – yeah, he played with a broken thumb during yeah, the Super catch. Super Bowl year, made an interception with one hand. Uh, so, yeah, I, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's an easy answer. Yeah, Luke Ezerling said it the best. Mm-hmm. Like, he put out there saying, yeah, the thing of Ronnie's only, only player in the NFL with history with, with that 45, 25 sacks. Only three players in the NFL history have more non-offensive touchdowns than he does, Hester, Dion, and Woodson. And no DB has more consecutive starts, 224 consecutive starts. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that maybe it's just because I'm pretty sure Rondé played longer than Ty Law, and they maybe see the interceptions as more. And oh, that's. But come on, like they, yeah. how, how many p- positions he played? Like you said, yeah, three. How many pass deflections he had? He, he had 97, 197, and Ty Law had 108. <sighs> come. 88 tackles for loss. Ty Law had five. Oh, no. Ty Law had 19. This is a joke, right? Yeah. Like, But I'm assuming just smaller market team doesn't get recognized as much. True. Or who didn't push for him this, that much? Because Warren Sapp got in immediately. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great defensive tackles. Maybe he did change the scheme of what a three technique was. But doesn't Rondé, be, like the guy that, you sent in, he was the nickel corner that you always rushed in. Didn't you kind of pattern rushing corners off of Rondé? I mean, that. Yeah. I don't remember many corners blitzing. Yeah. And I the mean, fact that you're the number one guy with the most sacks, yeah. I would think you were the one that originated it. Yeah, I mean, Rondé, that's another great point. I mean, people forget this guy transcended the game. Like, he is the reason why you have corner blitzes like you do in, in today's league. It's it's something he started originally and. And really, it's it's why defenses are so more hybrid and complex of you know today's NFL because you have that push uh, push you have that position of um, versatility. versatility yeah amongst all players I mean you could argue that he was the first star position type player where he was kind of that hybrid fourth linebacker um, on your defense. I mean, he pretty much did that when he was here. I mean, especially in his later years, you know, after um, Sapp and Lynch and all those guys left, I mean, he was pretty much that guy. He was, he was that extra linebacker or, you know, just covering anywhere. I mean, he was that guy you moved around. Yeah. I mean, he's, it was just the, the brains he had. Mm-hmm. He knew the play before it was going to happen. Yeah. And he didn't have the speed at all, but he was just 
the knowledge of the game. Yeah, and you look at the touchdowns that he scored. You said twelve, right? So he yeah. was, I mean, behind Charles or was it Charles Woodson or Rod Woodson? Um, Probably Rod. Yeah, Rod, and then Deion Sanders and, and Hester. I mean, that's that's elite company. So. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll get in. He's going to get in. Like, it's not a question of... There's just whether it's first ballot or not. Right, yeah. But with numbers like that, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and then you look at at John Lynch, you know, same thing. I mean, he's another guy that, you know, put up really good numbers um, and just hasn't been able to get over that hump yet. He's been a finalist the last couple years now, and you think he would, uh, you know, finally get in there, but... You know, and then even Simeon Rice, which is crazy to me, like him not being in the Hall of Fame, like the things that he did when he was playing. I mean, nobody did what he did. Well, again, small market. Yeah, I guess you have your Arizona and Tampa. Right. That ain't that 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 big. If he was in New England or the Jets or the Giants, I guarantee he'd probably be in. Right. Right. But. We move on. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's get back. Uh, we're going to talk more about. Uh, let's get back into Buccaneers football, and that's what this podcast is all about. And uh, really, just touch on which is the next phase, really, and that's free agency. I, mean, I know a lot of people are into the draft right now, and we're in a, in the draft as well. You know, scouting players and putting together a big board and all those things. But you know, free agency is is going to be very important this year. I think it's it's going to be something that the Bucks will be aggressive at, you know, and people are worrying about the money and the cap and all that stuff. I, you know, I say this, you have a capologist in Mike Greenberg, who's really good at his job. He knows what to do as far as contracts. So really, I'm not worried about that. They're going to find money wherever they need it. And if they need, you know, money here or money there, they know how to manipulate that. But I'm expecting a, a good free agency. I'm hoping we go after the right guys. Yeah. And so in free agency, we bring this up today because Player Football Focus is a really, really good website. And, yeah, they're big in analytics and mm-hmm. breaking players down by win-loss of certain reps. And they're really good and really bring it to a math. That's yeah. where they get their ratings from. Right. But I, try, I looked at their top 50 of free agents that they have. And you look at the names, you see a lot of familiar names based off of Todd Bowles at the Jets or in the Cardinals and Bruce Arians guys he has. Hmm. And, like, you just see familiar some um, some familiar names, and you're like, well, I can see us filling that, and that, that could be a hole that we need to be filled or just a depth quality player. Hmm. So, like, and guys, you, you see, like, I saw Muhammad Wilkerson yeah. in his top 50, and he didn't play last year because of an ACL tear with the Green Bay Packers, but could you find a way to get him on the low low, on the, on the cheap? Mm-hmm. Because there was a time where we were debating trading Jerry McCoy to the Jets, just to get Muhammad Wilkerson, kind of like, a, oh, let's trade this, or just trying to get him next to Gerald. Right. So you could probably get him cheaper, and he, he probably has a a good, what's it called? A relationship. Yeah, yeah, relationship with mm-hmm. Todd Bowles based on how good he was when he was there. I'm pretty sure they were together. Yeah. 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 So does he like him that much? And then he, that improved when Todd Bowles is there? I can maybe see that. And then mm-hmm. just – uh, like we've been saying, like familiar, familiarity, continuity, the guys that know each other, staying together, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a if we get him and he actually plays anywhere near like he used to, look out. Yeah. <laughs> so if we did cut Gerald or if we kept him, either way, that's a huge improvement. 
Right. No, that would definitely be a guy you could bring in. He would be a perfect fit for this defense. He could fit right into that five technique defensive end, put him next to Vita Vea. Um, yeah. And then you build your depth. So you'd have JPP and Carl Nassib. Uh, that would be good. I mean, it would, it would help, uh, the rotation. And I think you'd probably, and again, you can create space like, you know, guys like Vinnie Curry and, and Bo Allen, uh, William Golson, all those guys are kind of going to be on the bubble just based on their salary. Um, you know, and then Gerald McCoy, you know, same thing, salary and, and how much do you want to pay him and, um, you know, scheme fit and all that, that's going to play a part. But Wilkerson, I mean, if he's healthy, I mean, you definitely want to at least contact him and see how much you can get him for. Probably be like a one-year, you know, type of deal. Yeah. You know, nothing too no, nothing too expensive, maybe in the four to six million range. You could probably bring him in for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm, I'm saying – if and these are just possible scenarios, right. just familiar names that you could see. I mean, he he was a high quality player when mm-hmm. he was playing at high level. He, just because he get off an injury does not mean he's trash now. Right. Same thing with Quan. Quan is a high quality player. He had an injury, but he was still fast. He fits the type of system that this defense likes. Right. Um, there was also John Brown there. You were talking about that. Another mm-hmm. wide receiver from Arizona. Yeah, I, I really think he's only an option if if Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys leave. You know, I, I could see that as a possible fit, maybe a little cheaper contract than what maybe Adam Humphrey, Humphreys is demanding or, you know, keeping Deshaun at $10 million a year. So uh, we'll see. I, I know Bruce Arians is really trying hard to get Deshaun back. But, again, that could be just of a way to generate trade interest in, in a trade market maybe. Um, I just don't see Deshaun staying, especially at $10 million. Is it 10 or 11? No, it's 10. 10. It's 10. Yeah. Either way, it's a double figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you move into their 30 to 40. You have Ziggy Ansah. Yeah. I, I was surprised he was in the 30s. But that this is where you start getting into higher price guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, Ziggy has been really disappointed over the last couple of years. Injuries have been a big plague for him. Uh, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Still a good player when he's on the field. Yeah, just length in general too. I mean, yeah. Yep. But does he fit the 3-4 that they – if they get rid of McCoy that they're trying to run, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah. we'll, we'll we have this wide. I yeah. a lot of people say it's a lot of question marks is a scary thing. I think it's a cool thing because we're starting to find yeah. out the identity of the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be turnover, guys. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover. It happens every time you bring in new coaching staffs, and that's going to happen all across the league. It's not just going to be Tampa Bay. I mean, there's going to be a lot of turnover, and sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, but. With this coaching staff in place, I'm really not too worried about it because I know they're, they're going to have a plan in place. They're going to know who they want to target um, and how they want to put this together because it's about building a team. You know, that's what it's about. It, you know, you could get all the talented guys you want, but it's about putting right pieces in the right spots and making sure that team is in a collective cohesion. And that's what takes – that's why the Patriots are so good because they know what they want at certain spots and they know how to use them. Oh, yeah. And they have guys behind them that can fill in after. Exactly. And speaking yeah. of that, so Trent Brown, their left tackle, massive monster mountain. Yeah. From and they got the I- Gators, go Gator. Yeah. And they got behind him. They got Isaiah Wynn just waiting in the wings. You know, they drafted him in the first round last year, unfortunately, tore Achilles. So, really, they could let Trent Brown go if they wanted to. And yeah. he's going to make money. He's a Super Bowl champ, yeah. massive, just looks like Tarzan. Plays outstanding. Yeah. And just in length, just he's, he has it. It's just. Let's see if he can keep doing that over time, and yeah. especially on a different team, which he's going to get a huge pay raise. Yep. But like that, that was number 26, and they're 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. So then you have Roger Saffold, 
Another what is he right tackle? He's a uh, he's a guard. He actually plays left guard for the Rams, and I mean he's another guy. He was a tackle, moved inside to guard, and he's been he's been pretty good. He's probably the best uh, lineman for the Rams. I mean, outside of Whitworth, their left tackle is really good. But and he could be retiring too. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, more off, offensive lineman, which obviously we need. Mm-hmm. And then you have everyone's fan favorite, Teran Matthew. Yeah, yeah. They have him at twenty five. Who, I mean, yeah, you you see the familiarity again mm-hmm. and you that you could be like uh bruce Arians has been always saying throughout the whole offseason oh the stars aligned and yeah it was just something that happened right mm-hmm. so the stars could still be aligning yeah i mean if you look at perfect targets like tyron matthew is the perfect target for the bucks uh especially with the way bulls likes to play his defense um three safeties a lot you know he likes using the linebackers safeties and linebackers are going to be the focus in this defense and that's how he likes to operate and tyron matthew would be a perfect fit i mean having him and jordan whitehead and Justin Evans, we talked about it you know having guys like that that can do multiple things and and be aggressive and which is funny i mean i saw someone out there saying oh don't sign back Quan and get cj mosley <laughs> and i'm like uh, i mean cj mosley is been nothing but productive yeah he's a hell of a player and you know i wouldn't mind that at all i mean if we can make it happen but i'm just not sure that would be in our budget you know it just depends on cost i mean if he's willing to take less than kwan then i say hey go for it yeah right <laughs> that's a laugh <laughs> now about moving down the list yeah levy home bells in their top 20 who, who would have thunk um yeah. dominican is 14 um jordan hicks another linebacker out of the Eagles, who's really, yeah. really aggressive and he's, big. He's but good. He's another injury-prone guy. True. Sheldon Richardson, another good. He's going to make some money. Yeah. But, I mean, th- these these names here, I just don't see us going after. They're right. just way too much. We don't need one dominant guy. I mean, yeah, I guess Khalil Mack on the Bears changed the whole mm-hmm. dynamic. But I don't think there's a guy on there that we need to go after. Right, right. And then looking at their top ten, they have Demarcus Lawrence number one. Uh, that's obvious. He's a hell of a damn edge rusher. He's proved me. I doubt he leaves. Yeah. Earl Thomas, he's been wanting to get out of there, but then he's been talking with the Cowboys and yeah. Chris Richard, right? So I see that match. Trey Flowers, let's see where he goes. He's going to get that big, big money. He's good. Like, yeah, he's one of the top players in this league. He doesn't really get talked about because, like, I guess, I don't know about numbers or what, but he is he's very productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Grady Jarrett, hope to God he gets out of Atlanta. That would be nice, you know, just him getting out of the NFC South uh, completely. I saw um, our my good friend on Twitter, Billy Marshall, talking about him going to the Panthers. I was like, please, no, don't let that happen. Yeah, get they, out of the division. They have so many defense tackles. And then he was talking about uh, Ed Oliver possibly dropping to their pick in the first round. I was like, oh, God, I could, I could see it, and then I can't see it. Where are they at? They're uh, 16 right now. Oh, my. <laughs> no. No, no. Yeah. Let's not. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, you have Clowney. They, they, they put a lot of value in the edge rushers, obviously, because it's mm. either putting the quarterback on the ground or keeping the quarterback up. That's where you get the majority of the money. Yeah. Um, Frank Clark, another edge rusher. He would be – that would be a guy I'd love to have here uh, if, if Bucks could afford him. But I just – you know, he's going to be another guy that's going to demand top dollar. Really good player. Doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, but he would be that perfect kind of 3-4 type of guy. Really step in and play well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of – Wish in one hand and shit in the other. See which one fills up first. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think most of the guys we're going to target is going to be uh, – you're just – you're looking 
when you go into free agency, you're looking for that good value, guys that can be productive and, and play at a reasonable cost, not, you know, put your cap into a bind. And that's really what you're looking for. You want guys like, you know, what we attacked last year, and that was Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen, guys like that. Uh, it's just unfortunate they weren't as productive as we thought they were going to be. But at the same time, you had guys that just came out of nowhere like Carl Nassip and then Vita Vey stepping up like he did. So kind of overshadowed them a little bit. But you want to get guys like that that can be productive um, at a good value uh, cost-wise. Again, look at the Super Bowl champs. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, they they get or they you, get richer when they get yeah. bigger guys. Or you do, deals. you do trades as well. Or you trade. Yeah, yeah. trade. Mm-hmm. Like we did a good one with JPP. Yep. It's possible to get better players by a trade. Mm-hmm. So – I mean, the Bears did it with Khalil Mack, like I just said. Right. It's being smarter. Obviously, mm-hmm. how many teams have won the Super Bowl after making a giant-ass signing? I, I mean, I don't know if I'm saying that and acting dumb, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the last time. I don't time. recall. I mean, maybe. it's all been the damn Patriots. Just yeah. <laughs> and the Eagles they didn't make any big splash signings. Um, yeah. I would say, like, the only one that recently comes to mind is way back uh, when the Packers got <laughs> Charles Woodson. Um, for their Super Bowl run. But other than that... But he was near the end, too. Yeah, he was near the end of his contract. And that might have been a trade, too. I'm not sure. But that's the only and one he was, that... He was playing safety then. Yeah. He wasn't even corners. He couldn't have been making that big of a money. True. True. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any big, big contracts. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe maybe Carson Palmer, you know, with the Cardinals. I mean, he made a big impact. But he didn't even win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm talking winning. Oh, winning. Yeah. I, I want winners. <laughs> I was going to say Kurt Warner, but, yeah, that's the same thing. He didn't win either. So, um, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, the Steelers, when they won, they didn't make any big signings. They yeah. had just homegrown guys. I mean, if you look at it just last year in general, you could obviously say big impacts by one guy, and that would be – you know, Khalil Mack, winning season, uh, led the Bear, helped the Bears get a winning. Uh, again, that was a trade. Yeah, trade. Or you could look at Quinn Nelson. That's the draft, though. But, um, yeah, I mean, free agency, it's not a really about getting the splash names. I mean, it's about finding those guys that can just come in and plug. You know, you can plug in, and they can do consistently well for you. Yeah, and that's based on drafting well. Mm-hmm. And if you really have a good GM, trade well. Yeah. I mean, then Jason Light's done both. He's traded up and down in the draft easily, and mm-hmm. he's actually traded really for a damn good defensive end in JPP. So yeah, he's going to have to risk no risk, get no biscuit. Or, yeah, yeah, no risk, get no biscuit. Yep, yep. You know, I, I think trades are definitely going to happen this offseason. I think, you know, Jason Light has definitely done it in the draft, and I think it's we might see it before the draft. I mean, there's going to be trades out there that I think he'll definitely explore. Um, as far as names, free agents, you know, a little lower profile. You know, most Morris Claiborne would be a perfect example. He could be a guy that we could go after. Um, we mentioned Dion Buchanan before. We mentioned uh, John Brown. Um, trying to think of offensive linemen. Um, I mean, there's really not much. I mean, obviously Mikey Potty, but again, he's another guy you got to question because of his age and injuries. Um, how much does he have left in the tank? But if they wanted to bring in a guy to just plug in and play, I mean, I would have no problem with Upati because you could put him on the right side, and at least you know he could be serviceable. And he's massive. He's massive, yeah. So I Just add to the size of the line. Yeah. <laughs> More Pet Jensen and Upati in the middle. That would be good. Behemoths. And then, you, and then you don't pigeonhole yourself in the draft. And that's really – that's the whole concept of free agency. You want to make sure that when you go into the draft, you don't have any, like – outstanding holes or needs like you really want to make sure you have serviceable guys at every position and then you can draft best talent available and really add to your 
depth, and that's what it's about. That's how you build your team. But you also have to look at it from a strategy standpoint and making sure that, you know, there's no – you have to understand the butterfly effect. You have to understand the dominoes because, you know, we talked about last week with Corey um, about drafts uh, scarce, or scarcity. Scarcity. Not, scarcity. I can't speak. Um, <laughs> but we talked about that, and that plays a role into it. So you look at it same way in free agency. Yeah, and – I can't. I can't wait for the draft, but let's mm-hmm. let's look forward to free agency. We're we're looking heavy into the draft, guys. Yeah, yeah. So, talk about Jonah Williams. Yeah, you're finally on board there. Yeah, that's one thing. I, yeah, I wanted to mention <laughs> I, with the scarcity factor and the fact that Jonah Williams just at left tackle really is. I mean, he's a plug and play guy. Yeah, like he's you got draft speed, him, he's got the athleticism, and he fits such a huge need. And just when the amount of the player. Uh, the a player's ability matches the the need at the slot you're at. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? Right. Exactly. I mean, I know. Okay, let's. Everyone, I I like Ed Oliver a lot, mm-hmm. but I mean, Jonah Williams has done nothing but been consistent for three straight years at Alabama. Yeah, and he's been like the highest highly highest rated left tackle yeah. for two years. Mm-hmm. And he was the high. He played better than Cam Robinson when he was playing right tackle. Yeah, and Cam was playing left. Like. Right. So, it, it's it's almost like it's just not the sexy pick. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants the sexy pick. Why, why bother with the sexy pick when he can hammer down your run game, help out Winston's blind side? Mm-hmm. Like that's two birds, one stone, right there. Yeah, and I, and with Jonah, I would just I would have no issue with him starting year one. I mean, he's a guy that can come in right away, play left tackle. You won't have a problem with it, um, and he's just. Like it really makes sense because if you don't want to play, if you don't want to pay Donovan Smith the the money, I mean, he's a guy you can go after. I, I think, you know, that would be a perfect fit and easy upgrade. Yeah, and just and he's athletic for the position. Very, very athletic. Very fast feet. The only question mark: Oh, he has short arms. Yeah. Well, let let's see if he can play left tackle. If he can't, push him into right, and we'll find another left tackle like in the draft next year or something. Mm-hmm. But. I think he'll be more than serviceable at left tackle because he's shown it over and over and over again. Yes. Three years, and he's a true junior. Plug and play. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on board, plus convinced me. <laughs> but I believe we had some questions. Yeah, let's get into Before we let's get into head on out. Let's get into the questions. Um, here's a couple from Tommy Travis. Uh, and he talks about the Hall of Fame. Uh, Brian Dawkins gets inducted. Eagles win the Super Bowl. Ty Law gets inducted. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Now, if we can get Ron Deere oh. Lynch to get in, yeah, I mean, we touched on it earlier. We just got to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, we just got to win. Like that's that's what it's about. I mean, I mean, they both won the Super Bowl. Yo, Adrian, <laughs> just win. Yeah, just win. Um, <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? But yeah, I agree. Um, here's another one by him. He says, "I recently saw a mock draft in which we traded back to ten and drafted." Uh, Josh Jacobs and use the picks we got on offense alignment on day two. Your thoughts? Hell no. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's an obvious no. Uh, Josh Jacobs is he's a he's a day two player to us. I don't think he has any special traits that makes him a obvious top ten pick. You look at the running backs in this class, obvious favorites: David Montgomery, uh, Devin Singletary. Those guys are guys that we love, and we can have a much later third round, uh, fourth round even. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think running back is definitely going to be an option in round one. Yeah, I doubt a running back goes round one. If someone takes Josh Jacobs at top ten, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Especially if the Bucks do it. Yeah. I mean, he had the most 
His most rushing yards in the season was 600-something yards. Mm-hmm. If you didn't blow up on Alabama with the lines that they have and just yeah. the amount of overall talent they have over other teams, right? what's going on? Yeah, right? and why did he not beat out Damian Harris? You know, Why is yeah. he not getting number one snaps? Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, he does a lot of good things. He has mm-hmm. a lot of good hop, like bounce it outside. He, he doesn't have full speed, though. He doesn't right. have breakaway speed. He has – Good hands. Uh, They weren't used on display all the time. Again, just like any of these running backs. The only one that did was Booby Williams. Love that name. Moving forward, Booby. But um, (laughs) he he does a lot of good things well, or a lot of things well, Mm. and he blocks really, really well. But you want want traits to transit, translate over, but Mm -hmm. I, I would not take a risk on top 10 running back that didn't really show it. Yeah, I mean, first round, and that's why we talk about Jonah Williams so much, is first round you want to get a guy that has no question marks. You want a guy that's going to be productive and and be there, like be accountable and be dependable, um, a guy that you can trust. Um, when you get into the second and third round, then you can go more so on risk and, and maybe taking a risk on traits and stuff like that. But, yeah, he just doesn't have that exceptional t- uh, trait that puts him at the first round level. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I can't agree more. Yeah. And let's go to – here's another guy that I don't think should be a first-round pick at all. Um, he says, uh, would Jawan Taylor be an upgrade over DeMar Dotson, especially if we keep Donovan? I mean, yeah, sure, but I just don't know. I mean, he's definitely not a first-round pick in my opinion. I mean, maybe day two if he's available, sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, just based on offensive linemen, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's just sheer size again. Yeah. And – the fact he played for Florida, mm-hmm. long arms. I mean, he never was beat bad. That's true. He's just not throwing people around. Mm-hmm. He, he just does well. I mean, he's consistent. I, I never saw him really get beat bad. He's, and he's just big body gets in the way. But it's just, I don't see him as Jason Peters. Some people have him top 10. I'm like, yeah, yeah. what? And he's not mauling guys. He's not throwing guys around. He's not flying, getting to the second level. He's, he's more slower. I don't really see him get to the second level. Right. So, I mean, a guy like that, you want to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. He does pretty good pass blocking, yeah. Same with Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard's more athletic than he is. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't see the top ten maybe just because of his size. Yeah. I think we go we go Reisner. Over, yeah. yeah. I like Def. Dalton Reisner over yeah. Jermon Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. He, Reisner would probably be our number two guy right now behind Jonah, um, just as far as rankings go. Uh, next question, uh, with the Bucks really not interested in Kareem Hunt, I think that could mean either they are confident in Ro- Rojo or they are going to draft your guys' thoughts. I mean, are, do we even know they're not interested in Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that remains to be seen. I think, you know, we're basically with Kareem, you're waiting to see, you know, what happens with the suspension and, and is he going to be put off the exempt list and all those things. So really we just don't know yet. I think teams are going to be interested. I'm sure Bruce Arians has given it thought. And so it's Jason Light. Yeah. I mean, but I guess you can't wait on everyone. Right. Right. So, I mean, we got to get better no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be there, yeah, you sign him, mm-hmm. but then he suspended 10 games. Right. Yeah. We still need something better now. Mm-hmm. A guy that can catch a ball out of the backfield and making it a big change for us. Right. So, yeah, I, I can see his looking in the draft, hands mm-hmm. down, yeah. Yeah. But I honestly am one of those that wants to trade down, but we'll get more into that once, yeah, once draft get, season comes here. Once we get closer. 
Well, it's here. Draft season's here. But uh, yes, we're just you're right. but we're just not we're not there yet. We're gonna take the nitty gritty. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We're gonna take one step at a time. Uh, okay, and last question from Brian. Uh, will the Bucks be able to do multiple things from one formation, like the Rams in New England? Uh, to do that, we need a diverse running back. Uh, then he he mentions uh, Humphreys and a damn good O line. I'm right with you, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> right with you. Yeah. Um, good question. I will give you more answers on a later date, but you're 100% right that we need a better O line and a running back that can catch a ball. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that and preaching that for a while. We haven't had that in a while. I mean. The only other name that I'm thinking of that he's on our team mm-hmm. was Sean Wilson, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we still don't know what he, he pretty much has because he got hurt, but mm-hmm. we do know Cutter liked him. True. Over what Rojo does. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you never know. Maybe he's the little scat back that we just haven't seen yet because of injury. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, but that's good to have question marks. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, every team has question marks. Yeah. And you know, the great thing is the bucks get back to work on April 1st and they have time to evaluate more of their own roster and really see what they have. So that's going to be good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is the off season. It's going to be exciting. A lot of things coming up. Combine is next, which is going to be great. Um, then free agency. And then we have the draft and it's going to be awesome. I mean, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be crazy in Nashville. A lot of good stuff up there is going to be happening. Um, if you live in Nashville, get ready. Cause you know, me and Mark, we've been at the draft. We went to the Chicago one and that was a fun time. So they always do a great job with that. Um, but yeah, really appreciate the question guys. Uh, as usual, I mean, this is the off season. Y'all are still asking questions, mm-hmm. still getting engaged. Like, yep, love it. Yeah, keep it up, and we're we're gonna still push out at least one podcast a week, mm-hmm. and we're looking into other things. So get ready for those. Yeah, this is exciting for us. Like the draft mm-hmm. season, looking at breaking down players. We thoroughly enjoy this. Yeah, and talk to each other about it every day. <laughs> about oh, have you seen this guy? Yeah, check his ass out. Like, yeah. We get that excited all the time. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing. It's like we always go through different scenarios each day. It's like if we do this, we're going to do this. If we do this, we're going to do that. And it just it continues. I mean, that's what makes it fun. It's just a constant conversation, never ending. Uh, but with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to uh, share it for us. Uh, give us your thoughts and opinions. We love to hear it. Um, but you can find it on Twitter at Real Bucks Talk. You can find it on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. And as always, go Bucks and enjoy the rest of your week. And let's get ready. It's going to be a good year. <laughs>